Good morning, Father Anderson. Hey, Rabbi Durbin, how are you, brother? Well, you know, this is, this is, it, it, it's been weird to be able to speak with you via Zoom, but uh, it is, uh, uh, I am so happy that our listeners and certainly uh, that we get a chance to hear one another because uh, I am speaking with not only a father, but the father. Uh, yes, sir. I, I'm, you, you can now refer to me as the father, father. Father, father. So again, um, look, Father Anderson, on, on, on behalf of our community, the Jewish community, certainly um, others uh, around our lovely area of Martin County, we wish you Mazaltov congratulations on welcoming the birth of your son to your family. Wait, hold up. So that's the proper way for you to say Mazaltov? Yeah. So actually, the way that it works in Hebrew is uh, the accent's always at the end. So when you hear people say Mazaltov, um, Actually, if you hear an authentic Israeli say the word Mazel Tov, it is Mazel Tov. Yes. Mazel Tov. I thought you were kidding around the other week when you did no, that. No, no, no. I thought Durbin. you were like being kitschy and be like, hey, hey, Mazel Tov. No, no. Oh my gosh, look at me. I'm about to like, I'm about to like power up on yeah. my, my, my Hebrew right now. Your Hebrew's getting good. Mazel Tov. Okay, cool, man. We could switch um, at one point. We could switch positions. I could be the, uh... No. You're just trying. I know where you're going with this. You're trying to get to a place where we can switch positions. So it's called a rabbi and a priest. And, you know, for the for the next season, if you want to do that, I'm all for it. We can change the show to a rabbi and a priest. If you want. OK, we can do that. But, you know, um, a part of part of the joy and the uh, tremendous um, just feeling that we get as doing this radio show and this podcast of a priest and a rabbi is that uh, we get to bring on. Um, awesome and incredible people. Um, and this one I'm really excited about that we get the opportunity to bring in uh, Jewish bluegrass musicians, um, Nefesh Mountain. We've had a long-standing relationship with them and they are just, uh, they're just inspiring and impactful and just, just down to earth and just real, you know, the only word to describe them uh, beyond just a loving and beautiful couple is they typify what we say in Yiddish of uh, just being menschlichkeit. They are, they are just, they are, they are mensches in our community. And we are so proud and so honored to be able to have them with us. So Nefesh Mountain, welcome. Hello. Hey guys. Hey guys. Thanks for having us on. Absolutely. So we're going to have you on this, 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 po this podcast. And I'm so glad you're here because I have a feeling that my little kid is going to act up throughout the show and the rabbi won't be alone. You two will be there to save the day. Mm. <laughs> I like it. So if you have thoughts, if you are piqued by interest on bluegrass, Jewish, how can those two be mixed together? Tune in, listen, and we hope that you have a wonderful and beautiful rest of your weekend and a beautiful rest of the day. Wishing you all peace, health, and happiness and strength during this difficult and challenging time. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the program hosts and their guests and are not necessarily those of WSTU, St. Mary's Episcopal Church, and Temple Bait Hyam. Products that may be mentioned are not necessarily intended as an endorsement. Any reproduction or retransmission of this broadcast is strictly prohibited. And now, WSTU presents a priest and a rabbi. Call in with questions and comments at 220-9788, 220-WSTU. Now, here's your host. Good morning, Stuart, Florida. It is Rabbi Durbin here with uh, Temple Beit Hayam. Um, we're doing this all virtually as we've done for the last few weeks. Uh, Father Anderson uh, is back, uh, will be here. He's just having a... Uh, a, a little morning crisis uh, with uh, with his newborn son. So when he does come in, uh, we will most uh, we will most certainly greet him with open arms and uh, and with fist bumps. But um, it is uh, it is we're going to have an amazing morning this morning. Uh, I'm I'm real excited for this. Um, um, we're looking at how music um, 
how uh, spirituality, how music, how that affects uh, our mindset, how, uh, how, how music can really speak to the soul. Uh, and I have two very special guests with me today. Um, they are aptly known through the music scene as Nefesh Mountain. And for those that are not familiar, you definitely want to go to their website. You definitely want to check them out, uh, nefeshmountain.com. They are Jewish bluegrass musicians who have really tapped into a uh, just a beautiful market and, uh, and, and certainly so many uh, who have been inspired um, and certainly uh, love them immensely. So it is with my great pleasure that we bring on to uh, our program here today, um, Nefesh Mountain with uh, Eric and Donnie. So uh, good morning. Hi, good hey. morning, Rabbi. How are you? We are, I am super. How are you? We're good. We're really happy to be on the show. Thank you so much for having us. Oh, absolutely. So for those that may not be familiar, so um, uh, before they were Nefesh Mountain, they were a, uh, a group by the name of Mama Doni. And we were very fortunate a few years ago um, to, to bring you into to Temple Beit Hayam. Um, and, and since that fateful moment, um, uh, we are a congregation that craves and loves bluegrass and certainly the both of you who have really, uh, uh, really done something quite, quite, quite incredible and quite magical. Um, so if you, if you wouldn't mind just uh, you know, give us kind of a little bit of background as to, you know, how you came into this, you know, what your backgrounds are from, from where you grew up and, 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 and the influences that, that made your music so, um, so impactful. Well, thank you so much for that. Um, we, the story of Nefesh Mountain um, is actually a love story. And um, it wasn't something that Eric and I intended. It's not like we set out and, and, and thought about it, really. It, it just sort of happened. Um, we're both people who love um, bluegrass music. It's something that I've always loved. Bluegrass country, folk, roots music has always just been something I've always loved. And Eric as well. And when we fell in love, we started um, kind of accidentally writing original um, songs and music in this genre that we both happen to love, coming from a Jewish perspective as Jewish Americans, that the music, the songs just started to come out of us in this way. And um, we didn't even realize that we were doing it, um, the something different until we had a number of songs that we, like a lot of songs we had written and someone had asked us to, to, to perform them at a synagogue. Like someone said, do you, could you guys do a Shabbat service for us or something? And then, and it may have been you. I mean, I don't remember when, it was really early on. Um, and we realized at that point, we actually had, had so many songs that we had written in this genre and uh, we didn't even have a name for it at that point. And then we realized, well, we have to call this something this is something, I guess, and and our love brought this all on, and um, and so then the next thing you know, we're we're Nefesh Mountain, and um, you know, and 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 now you know, since the beginning of Nefesh Mountain, which was when we first met, Rabbi, um, it's been about like five or six years, but we now have we're you know we just mm -hmm. finished our third album, and we've been on tour now for years. We've you know when we were touring when the world was open. <laughs> We had, you know, over like 150 or 200 concerts a year, playing all kinds of venues, synagogues and music festivals and, you know, music venues. So it, it sort of took over and um, we're really grateful for it. It's, it's, it's mm. become like, you know, our passion. So, so Donnie, I, I, I'm really struck by something you, you mentioned uh, just just uh, uh, moments before, just a little bit earlier. And, and instead of saying, um, you know, as American Jews, you and, and I think it was very pointed and very strategic. You said the words um, Jewish American. That we're Jewish Americans, and 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 there's something there. Um, I, I feel very passionate and very strong about it. That for me, my ethnicity comes before my nationality. Uh, but there's there there's something. You know, how is Judaism formed for you in terms of your identity? I mean, you know, you could have said, um, you know, as Jewish Americans or as American Jews. Um, why 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 the choice of 
Jewish American? Um, you know, that's a really good question. And I, I, I don't, I don't have a great answer other than I think I feel my, my soul is Jewish, you know, my history, my family, um, you know, we have such a, 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 a very, very, um, painful and beautiful history as, as Jews. And I, I'm very much, a, a, you know, that's who I am. I'm a woman, I'm Jewish, I'm a mother, I'm, you know, these are, this is just who, who makes me, me. And I'm very much American as a person who grew up, I was born in New York and I, I've always lived in this country. So it's just, it's, it's just who I am. I mean, I, I don't know, I don't know. I, I can't even answer that other than the way that this music is so authentically genuine and an expression of who we are. Um, is is as much as I feel as I'm an American and I'm Jewish or I'm Jewish and I'm an American, I'm, I'm you know, it's just exactly mm -hmm. who we are. I mean, Eric, do you have a, a thought on that? Um, yeah, I, well, I could have many thoughts on that, but um, uh, hi, everybody. I'm, I'm the husband. And, and uh, no, I think Matt, Rabbi Matt, that's a really great question because it's, it kind of is a question that gets to the core of what we are as a band. And um, because there's even as, as um, many people introduce us, you know, when you say something like Jewish bluegrass or Jewish American, these kind of hybrid things, they don't, they, they, um, they, we're trying to define something that is maybe indefinable. There's so many details, all of our lives to our genetic makeups that are, they're so hard to pinpoint. And, uh, and, and bluegrass is this vast musical genre with tons of influences from African cultures and Scots-Irish tradition and, and, um, and the whole melting pot there. And, uh, and when you ask us about our Jewish heritage in, in, for ourselves, it, it's definitely, um, it's something that is, means, it means the world to us because it's who we are. And uh, in making this music, it's, it's dawned on us more and more times that if we were to take one of these 23andMe, which we haven't yet, but like a, a genetic, a DNA test, it would come back and literally tell us Jewish, leaving any sort of spirituality or, or religious tone out of it. We would like, you can't, this is not something that we can run from. This is a, this is a, this is our heritage, our culture, our identity. And, um, and we are spiritual people and we are, you know, we, we believe in, in the magic of the universe, but, um, it's, it's a, it's, it's a, these are, these are the questions to unpack. And then we're, we're mm -hmm. constantly talking about this stuff, trying to, you know, find our way. And when you, when you got, when you guys say, you know, you, you, you do, you know, a hundred, 120 some odd concerts a year. When do you, when do you both find the time for yourself? A, to be with one another or to really unpack, you know, to be able to say, wow, you know, that congregation in Stewart, Florida, man, that rabbi was amazing. How do we take the time? <laughs> well, I would, well, when we were with the rabbi in Stewart, Florida, it was amazing. And, um, and that we felt immediately but it's a crazy life. I mean, we have we have two children and a dog, and we're we're constantly on tour, and we, we there's a rhythm to our crazy life, um, and it works. But it's um it's been a whirlwind, I would say, since we started. You know, um, it's yeah. it's very um, it's crazy. It's wonderful, crazy, and exhausting. But I guess when you love what you do and you believe in it. It just uh, is what you, it's just what happens. It's, it's not work. It's, it's like a mission. Wow. So how, how, how does that work for the both of you in terms of finding space within your, within yourselves to be able to write music or create music? Uh, I mean, is it, is it done organically? Is it done through consultations with the both of you? Is it, sitting around strumming on the banjo and saying this would make a good song let's work on it together i mean how how does the mind of nefesh mountain work um i it, it's all different as for most songwriters it, it kind of sometimes um melodies or an idea for a song will come 
when you're like running or in the car and you just try to like pull over and you know record a voice memo of a melody into your phone so that you can remember it sometimes in a dream um a lot of times it does come from the instruments finding inspiration from certain banjos that i own and guitars that that seem to have melodies that are pouring out of them and i guess inevitably out of me and donnie uh and and we we hash through them some songs are complete 50 50 splits some songs way heavier on one side because it's two of us writing um but it's something that i think you know it's it's uh donnie mentioned earlier that this whole thing is a love story and she's absolutely right and uh and it's also it's a it's a kind of a, a constant test in trust because the, our best songs are the ones that are really split down the middle um or where even if one person takes over more writing there's a trust there that that's the, the right thing for this song so um it's a, it's something that we've always done really well together and it and it's been um it's always exciting to uh you know for spending years in the music industry by myself trying to write songs they're they're decent songs but they're not they're nowhere near what they are now with Nefesh Mountain you know they're they're just there's a complexity to them and like a a bit you know there's things in them that I couldn't just see um yeah so we, we, we have a caller uh, who has just called in. Um, her name is Beth, and she has a question. All right. Hi. Hi there. Hi. How are you guys? We're doing good. How are you doing? Hi, yeah, yeah. I'm good. I'm good. I miss you guys. Um, I do have a we question. Miss you. I'm good. I'm good. Um, I <laughs> I do have a question. So, have the touring Jewish musicians spoken virtually, obviously, together as to how everyone is planning on proceeding with tournament with touring? Um, how will that change? If it will change, but how how do you think that's going to change? Um, so we love you, Beth. How are you? Good to he okay. hear your voice. <laughs> and the answer is, I have no idea. Okay, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, as a musician, I'm 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 very much waiting daily to figure out how this is all going to turn out. But I know that. What I'm, what Eric and I are doing now, is taking each day for what it is, and we started doing, you know, Facebook Live concerts, and you know, as musicians, we were, you know, we're not doctors, we're not nurses, and we're we're not clergy, and we're not, you know, what can we do to try to put love out into the world and be helpful and do something kind? So we decided to do these free Facebook Live concerts. Um, right. We're also trying to figure out how to stay afloat. So that's our challenge. But I have, I'm at the moment, it's just about trying to take what, what is and work with it because I, right. I don't know. I mean, it's like, if I read the news, it's, it's every other, you know, it's 2021 things aren't going to come back 2022. Who knows? Right. I'm trying to just, you know, honestly, it's staying in the moment for us and just making the best of what this is and trying to be grateful for what this moment in our life, our life is, because I, I don't know. Right, right. That's okay. all. Thank, Thank you. you for the answer to that question. So, so, uh, <laughs> so Eric and Donnie, just to just to go back uh, a little bit, and and just in terms of a definition, because I think some may be confused a little bit in terms of what is Jewish bluegrass, um, and 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 where do you find your influences? okay good question um the definition well jewish bluegrass is not it's, it's a term that i personally first of all i don't use um because it doesn't and the, and it's and it's actually just a personal choice because it doesn't wear that well to me yeah my wife donnie uses it um but to me as a as a fan of bluegrass and as a as a musicologist of my own making who has studied music and other and various forms through the ages bluegrass is is a form that um 
that really needs to be, uh, for lack of a better word, praised and honored in its pure state, because there are historical definitions of when bluegrass began and the start of it with old time music kind of forming into this version of it that Bill Monroe crystallized in the 40s um, with Earl Scruggs and, and the Stanley Brothers and, and all of this beauty in, in American music, especially in this genre. So, so the term bluegrass, and then if I say Jewish bluegrass, to me, it, my brain has a couple, like, it just fails for a second because it doesn't make sense. And, and we're also creating it as Nefesh Mountain because no one's done this before we have. And um, so I, I look at it in terms of languages and, and there's the language of music that is wordless, that has the, the tonalities of America that... Uh, come from Appalachian melodies that you'd hear on a banjo or um, on a fiddle or a guitar or a dobro or mandolin, you know, these kinds of beautiful lonesome, the high lonesome sound uh, that come from the South. And as a kid growing up, and we're, we're Yankees, as you guys know, uh, I'm from Brooklyn, New York. But as a kid growing up in New York, hearing these sounds, my heart always opened up as, as in this proud feeling of being an American and, and being like, this is my this is my country. This is the music of my country. And this is what belongs to me. Even if I'm not from the South, this is just what I heard. Um, and like we were talking about before, you know, the other language that we use is, is the spoken language, which is at times for us in Hebrew and, and, but mostly in, in English. And, um, and th those are other languages that trans translate our hearts and our souls and our, our minds uh, into song. So, in, in that definition, Jewish bluegrass actually isn't a bad one because the bluegrass language holds on and, and the Jewish, the, uh, our heritage holds on too in, in our music. Um, I hope that sheds some, some light onto it. But I just wanna, I wanna make clear that we're, we're not trying to do a mashup and then, cause usually those don't wear well to me. And I think that the important thing is that we, we in, every song that we write is intended to be from our own hearts. And and also intended to put hopefully some peace and understanding in the world, um, because largely, um, you know, different groups of people like like Jewish people over the years, over the ages have been, in my opinion, completely and largely misunderstood. And and uh, there are so many different ways to be a Jewish person. There are so different many different um ethnicities that also go into being Jewish. There's Jews found on continents throughout the entire world, each with their own set of um, practices and food, you know, eatings and, you know, musical genres, whether it's klezmer or Ladino music or, you know, it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing. And I, and I'm, you know, for us, I just think we thought it was about time to use the, uh, the American forms as Americans with a Jewish heritage and a, in a Jewish kind of core. Interesting. Wow. And when you, when you guys draw on, 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 on a large part of your music, um, you know, just for those that, that are not familiar, uh, you know, some of your music is drawn on, um, you know, on a Hebrew scale in terms of, you know, welcoming Psalms that we sing, uh, like Hine Matov, how good it is, how beautiful it is that brothers and sisters dwell together. But you guys put your own, spin on it that that just makes it um really embracing and just really really inclusive uh you know when you guys are touring um have you ever have you ever received any any pushback from the stuff that you've been doing or has it all just been wow this is really different and just really exciting uh you know what, what, what's been the response like um i'll answer that i think what's been really kind of cool is um is, is and interesting for us is um you know bringing bluegrass music into the jewish world was a little bit of a you know was a, i would say a little bit of a hurdle and at, at times you know the jewish communities are not necessarily or they're definitely not used to having bluegrass music in their in you know in in the synagogue so there was definitely we often often would get and it's positive but we I, a lot most shows i would get somebody coming up to me saying you know i didn't know i liked bluegrass and now it turns out i love it so thank you for 
for, for introducing me to this genre of music. So we've had to kind of overcome this, this sort of, this idea that bluegrass, you know, is not just dueling banjos. I mean, bluegrass is really soulful and, and, and very beautiful sounding music, but a lot of people just think of, you know, and, and that's, mm -hmm. they think that's what it's gonna be. They also assume that it's gonna be sticky and that we're just gonna take the traditional Jewish melodies and just put a banjo to them, which is what Eric, you know, has basically, I, and I credit Eric for, as, as he's really composing all the music to kind of creating these entirely new sounds that are, that are just original to, to hit to Nefesh Mountain. But so we've had to kind of bring bluegrass into the Jewish world and that, that sometimes, you know, takes a little bit of convincing. And then to bring the Jewish piece into the bluegrass world, um, I think people often will assume that we're trying to proselytize, we're trying to push our a religion onto everybody or, or force something. And, and it's absolutely not our intention and never ever what we're trying to do. We're not coming from that place at all. Our, you know, our goal with this is to share Jewish culture, Jewish spirit and love with people of all backgrounds. And maybe through this music, somebody, who didn't know that you that, that you know this this Jewish ideas are about love? Like you you mentioned Tina Matov, it's a great example. It's like, you know, this is a song about friendship, and we'll go on stages with all different people of all different backgrounds and say, you know, this is a Jewish this is a traditional Jewish message about being together with, with the people you love and friends and family. You know, let's be together with our brothers and our sisters, and we can share the, these gorgeous, beautiful, universal messages with with everybody. And we've had people come up to us after shows and crying, like hugging me and saying like, I've actually never met a Jewish person. And I didn't know that's what, like, they didn't know, like people don't know that there's so much love in, in, in all of this. So I guess for us, like the thought that we can share this message that's truly about love. And we're like total hippies. Like we're just about love. <laughs> so if we can change somebody's heart and realize like, you know, what we're about, then, then this music is so much bigger than, than we ever dreamt of, but it's not always uh, a given, you know, we're, we're doing something different. So it's, it's hard sometimes, I guess, but. Well, we're going we're gonna to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to delve a little bit deeper into, you know, the situation we're in now and, and how Nefesh Mountain has responded with it and, and what the trials and tribulations are and how we can really bring more, more harmony and more peace to our world through innovative and uh, engaging and exciting music. So join us as we return. You're listening to a priest and a rabbi podcast. If you haven't done so yet, make sure to subscribe and please leave a rating and a review, five-star rating and a positive review if you can. We certainly appreciate it. That is the best way to make sure that others out there just like you can find this podcast. If you want to get in contact with Father Christian and Rabbi Durbin, you can do so by emailing a priest and a rabbi at gmail.com. And the absolute best way to get a hold of the fellas is to call into the radio show. This podcast airs live on the radio every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. on WSTU 1450. And you can listen live online at WSTU1450.com. And if you want to join the show, you can call in to 772-220-9788. That's 772-220-WSTU. Hey, everyone. This is Father Christian here on A uh, Priest and a Rabbi. So happy for you to be here on this podcast with us. And, and I want to uh, let you know that I have uh, started a uh, YouTube channel called Your Favorite Christian. And you can check it out on YouTube. And uh, every Monday, I drop a new episode. And it's always through the lens of faith, but taking on different topics such as dating, relationships, marriage, pop culture. Uh, I've done one recently where I went out to the art show and talked about how do we find our relationship with God through all the what all the latest artists are doing. Um, last week was what do women really want? 
um, in a man uh, and interviewing different people to be a part of that. So uh, please check that out on YouTube. Subscribe, like, share, uh, put on the notifications so you get that every Monday. Um, I also want to let you know of uh, we this podcast wouldn't be here if it wasn't for a generous donor from St. Mary's Episcopal Church who wishes to remain anonymous. All he asked, though, was that um, the information gets out that St. Mary's Episcopal Church here in Stewart has a healing center. And so you can call if you're looking for a counselor, someone to be there for you during a challenging time. And you can call the church at 772-287-3244. We also have a group of Stephen ministers who have been trained over 50 hours of training to be with you and walk with you during a time of crisis. They are not counselors. They are trained just to be more of the presence um, of, of Christ or and, and walk with you during a time of crisis, whether it's a, a good crisis of having, oh my gosh, my daughter's about to get married, or if there's something a little bit heavier. So give us a call, 772-287-3244, and I thank that anonymous donor who uh, makes this all possible. All right, God bless you, and enjoy the... Welcome back, Stuart, Florida. We are here with a priest. Father Anderson is back in our virtual studio as he has been away for a few weeks, welcoming his new son into the world. So we are grateful, Father Anderson, that you are here with us. So welcome. Hey, man. Thanks for having me on the show. <laughs> Uh, I, yeah, I'm learning what it's like to be a parent. And so I had baby boy ready to roll and to sleep. And then right before we went on air, homeboy just starts crying and extremely uncomfortable and mom's asleep. And so I had to tap out. So my apologies. I'm getting better at this parenting thing as we go along. But uh, it's good to be here, man. I've been listening to the show. This is so exciting. So uh, let, let's, let's continue on with this goodness. Yeah. So uh, for those that are joining us, we have Nefesh Mountain, uh, bluegrass musicians who have used their Jewish influences uh, to really create um, uh, a genre of music that is so impactful uh, and, and really just really beautiful. Um, and, 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 and I know I know Donnie's heard this um, and Eric, I think you've heard this, you know, um, so for the last few years, for the last couple of summers, we've been really, really, really uh, we've been really privileged and really lucky. And we've had Nefesh Mountain come. We, as a reform movement, our closest Jewish summer camp is Camp Coleman in Cleveland, Georgia, about an hour and a half north of Atlanta. Uh, and they've come, Nefesh Mountain has come to the last couple summers to, uh, to, to usher in Shabbat. So they do a big program with us on Friday night and Saturday and Saturday night and Sunday. Big concerts and just an amazing, amazing time. And uh, a couple days after we left camp, you know, I'm sitting there. My kids are in the shower. Uh, my, my, my oldest, uh, who will be nine on Monday starts belting as loud as she can singing one of your songs, right? Singing the song. I want to pray. Um, and, and right. So I'm grab my phone. Thought it'd be a little hilarious. So I video it. And as she, at the end sees the video, knowing that I'm videotaping her screams at me and says, no, shut it off. Right? Shut it off. A little bit later, she comes back and she goes, you know, Dad, there's nothing I can do. Their music just speaks to me. I don't know what to do. So I just thought, you know, it's just, just amazing that, you know, the ability through music to connect us in profound ways. Uh, and I will say, uh, you know, to Eric and to Donnie, you know, for the last couple of days, all we've been doing is just YouTubing your music um, because the kids just, there's something about it that is gravitating, that is just uh, incredibly moving, um, and maybe it is the 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 um, uh, the bluegrass style to it. Maybe it's the Hebrew. Maybe it's your interpretation. But it has um, it has touched the lives of so many, so many. Thank, thank you, you so much. so much for saying all these. Let's thank you, Rabbi. Yeah, yeah. means the world. So, amidst a world of uncertainty and a world that is uh, certainly uh, tired um, and run down and shut down and things are slowly beginning to come back. I would, I would think that when, when phase one or a couple phases come back, it's in, in, in uh, manageable units. A concert, 
uh, and being able to be an artist must prove to be extremely challenging because you have so many people in such small spaces. So with, 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 this, with this COVID-19, and hopefully we'll see an end to it sooner rather than later, um, uh, how, I, I mean, I, I think part of it is the obvious, how has this impacted you? I mean, obviously it has impacted, um, but you know, how, how have you managed to uh, uh, find, find a little sunshine where there's been darkness? Um, well, this has definitely been, you know, Eric and I, as musicians have been touring for over a decade, more than, you know, 15, 10, 12, however many years, nonstop, we've been touring musicians. It's been our livelihood and our, our life. And um, in March, over the course of March, I think 60 concerts were canceled. Um, and then obviously nothing was booked, you know, at that, you know, that it stopped, everything stopped. Um, which was a massive shock, I would say. Um, so um, we've had, we, you know, it's it's a gift in that we're home now in a way that we've never been. We're with our children and our our doggy in a way that we've never been. Um, it's it's scary, uh, you know. I I think, um, and we're not alone. I mean, there's so many people right now. This is the world is is really in a, you know, this is tough. Um, but fortunately, um, we're just trying to make the most of this very unique, strange situation and give back in whatever way we can um, through our music. And, and I mentioned before, you know, one way we found, you know, we on the first week that we were in quarantine, we decided to do a free concert on Facebook, um, which had a lot of people came, which was so it made us feel so connected and and so you know like at least we can do what we do still in this in this crazy moment and and touch people in some way so we we did that concert and then we realized that maybe this is something that we could commit to as this is what we can do at, you know our part in all this and um we started doing these weekly concerts and in the weekly concerts were we're trying to put love on everybody and, and acknowledge people who are suffering and, and try to help people like, you know, with people who are sick and just do as much as we can in these concerts. Um, that's been our way at the moment of doing this. And um, in terms of doing actual gigs, we are lucky that a lot of communities have been hiring us to do private Zoom concerts. So we actually have a lot of those on the schedule now. And it's just, it is what it is. It's, it's, you know, and what's cool though, is the zoom concerts that we've been doing these private concerts, we can actually see people and, and interact with them and, and they've been really special. So we've really, you know, we did, we had one last night and the night before we, we have a lot of these kind of zoom private concerts that people are hiring us to do now. So that's the other piece, but our, the rest of our band is, is not with us now. We, you know, we're, we're performing as a duo. We had a five piece bluegrass band and those guys, you know, we can't perform with them right now. So it's, it's pretty crazy. Yeah. Wow. Mm. So how do you find peace for, for the both of you? I mean, amidst, I mean, this is obviously, you know, to, to have members of your band that, you know, you've been playing with, that you've, you, you've had a relationship with, but because of, of the way the society is having to, 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 I hate to use the words, let them go. But in terms of, you know, now it's the two of you. So where do you find solace? Where do you find inner peace? Is it, is it, is it, is it through the fans? Is it through the music? Is it through just, let's just, let's just be. Yeah. I, I, there is a, an element of that. I, you know, Donnie mentioned that, that over over 60 so far gigs of ours have been canceled and it's going to be way more than that at the end. Um, and and we we were on the road with uh, with our band, who's still our band. We just we just haven't, you know, and they know the deal. Um, we haven't been able to give them work. And um, we were actually even supposed to be playing in Hong Kong in late March of all places to uh that i've never been i was super excited for that i mean we we do so much traveling and with the guys we we do we're we have a very tight 
relationship with our band. And as, as the kind of core of Nefesh Mountain, we're, we're employing them. And it's, it definitely weighs on us to like want to be able to continue this with everybody. Um, but it's really, it's really hard. But one thing that this pandemic has done is it's like leveled so many people of so many different kinds of professions that, um, you know, I, I just personally, like everyone has a version that is so hard that they're mourning their, their previous lives, uh, you know, with their jobs, you know, everyone and, you know, everyone I know has, has been hit hard by this. So musicians, I mean, we've lost so, so much income. Um, and we're like, and we're lucky enough to be able, because we have our feet in the regular music world and also this kind of spiritual world to be able to play um, some more spiritual healing concerts for communities. It's been really great. And to, and to me, just to answer your question is like, where do we find ourselves in this is, um, is one just in the quiet of being home, which we are right now, we're in our living room. I'm looking at my, my dog who's lying sideways on the floor sleeping who I miss all the time when I'm on the road. And now I get to see him every day and we've got our kids here who we uh, obviously we get to see all the time now. And it's beautiful to have them home. They're teenagers. So it's, it's a, it's a, it's a um, huge thing to unpack with teenage kids, but they're the best ever. So, I mean, being home and, and having dinner every night with our family and cooking and that these are, these are luxuries that we haven't had the chance to do. Um, but ultimately, it's it's in the relationship with the people that we get to connect with through our Facebook live concerts that Donnie was talking about and through these Zoom uh, concerts and, and kind of seeing the profound impact of music and art on people's emotions, because no, none of us are prepared to deal with this kind of isolation. You know, our, our instincts are to go and hug people and shake their hands and stand two feet from them, not six feet from them, and to like go out for breakfast or whatever people do i mean it's just there's so many things that we're, we're uh powerless now eric that's uh um you know we're always constantly trying to reflect especially as clergy of where is god in the midst of this of this darkness or this chaos that we're in right now and then there's always the hope of well, what is god trying to teach us through this right and um and so I think you're, you're really tapping into that, that there, there, there's, there's definite struggle and you're feeling it and this weighing on you of you have these friends of yours who are you also your, they, you employ them and you can employ them. Uh, but then there's this other side of it that of this intimacy, this newfound um, intimacy you have with your home life. I'm sure all of you guys being together. Um, I wonder if it's changed the way where you just... Um, I guess where I'm going with this is when we get through this and we will get through this and there'll be a new normal that we live into. What of you all as musicians who travel around the world, who have this complex rhythm, right? To, to, to be on the road. Um, what, what do you guys want to keep uh, from this experience during COVID-19 that you would like to incorporate into when you, when we kind of like get back into quote unquote normal again, what do you say? You know what? Uh, we, we learned a lot about one another. We learned a lot about our family life, you know? So Donnie, when we, when we, when we get back to touring, I want to keep this. Is there anything that's come up during this experience over the last month and a half? It's hmm, a great question. Um, oh, you know, I, I don't know. I, I have to, you know, there's so many, it's so hard to, um, to imagine what this is going to be like when we go back or, you know, how this is all going to look. So it's hard to even answer that question because I'm taking it. So one day at a time, um, I do, we've been taking walks every day in our neighborhood and we, we decided to like start walking because we can't go anywhere and all the parks have been closed. So we've been walking like intentionally walking on different streets than we ever, like I've, we've lived in this house, you know, for over 10 years, but we never just sort of randomly start wandering around our own neighborhood on walk down and there's and so we've been doing that you know that's been a new ritual which is so cool because here I am living five blocks from you know from a street that I've never walked on and I it suddenly everything feels different so um I think that's something that I would like to continue doing these kind of you know taking more walks together as as a family and as a couple um cooking more. I mean, these are just little, they're very 
simple things, but just, um, I don't know. There's a slow, we calmed down a little and I think I'm going to try to hold on to that feeling as well, mm. but I don't, I don't know yet. I think this is such a, a such a process. Um, yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll it's answer, so, it's so weird. Can I answer that too? Please. Um, the, um, it just dawned on me. I haven't, I haven't spoken any of these thoughts out loud yet, so I hope they come out well, but I I've had this theory, not this theory, this way I feel traveling all the time in airports and everything um that that nobody seems to understand I'm, i i felt like i was the only one in this but i actually enjoyed getting delayed at an airport i do not um, agree with the sentiment by the way I and not- and and this doesn't this doesn't <laughs> Does this doesn't apply to like if we had to obviously i want to go to the gig and obviously i want to come home but there was an aspect to the kind of helplessness of the that that so many of the decisions that are brains have to make on a daily basis that when I was delayed at an airport there's nothing I can do now except sit there go eat a pretzel or a smoothie you know walk around for a second and just I'm just in this time that is somehow it was meaningless it's airport weirdness and but it also means so much where I'm, I'm with my wife and we're just sitting there I've got music on my phone it's charging, you know, it's, it's this, it, there's something beautiful about that time, all the times we've been delayed. And I know that sounds really weird, but this is like a, this pandemic is like a big version of that where there's actually, and you know, I'll say this too, cause it needs to be said that the priority for us, like the rest of this world is in the safety of, of, you know, that's, that's the hard thing when thinking about this, because yes, we love being home. Yes, we love cooking meals, spending time with our kids. But of course, our hearts go out to people that are actually, that are really suffering with work and really suffering with their own health. And and there's a huge double-edged sword, sword to what I'm saying. Um, but we're in this ultimate state of, we're not making as many decisions as we were when life was just go out and do everything you can every day, you know, go for a run, take the kids to school, get on a plane, fly to California, take the red eye home. Like those were all things that I would, I had to do and I loved and I will continue to love, but now my, it's gotten so much simpler and now just basic connections and a basic meal and a walk. Um, it's, it's a very spiritual thing, uh, for, for a person to gonna could go through that. Yeah. I think we're all going to do some, and you're right. And we say this with the guys that we know that uh, um, there's people who are hurting incredibly financially and from a from a health standpoint. Uh, but even in the midst of, of all this this loss that we're seeing in despair, um, there are great lessons for us to pull from just the simplicity and the minimalism and just the importance of relationships uh, during this time. Let me just switch this up real quickly because I got to. Um, I'm curious to ask you this that. You know, bluegrass, which I don't know that much about. Um, I, I've always loved it. I was telling the rabbi the other day that when I had XM radio, um, I would always put on the, the bluegrass station in, in the car. And I don't know if that's just like the, <laughs> the, 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 if there's, if that's good bluegrass, you know, if that's just the kind of like the poppy bluegrass, but I always enjoyed it. Cause it's just, it, it's, it's always different. It's something completely no, it's different good. from all the, all the formula that you, um, that you hear usually on the radio. Right. So, but question so i know that there's some roots um or there's at least some influence uh, from um from the african-american experience uh and and it has this uh it seems like there's there's and there's there's some methodist roots baptist roots there's a little bit of gospel roots white gospel black gospel uh and uh and then here you guys come in and you guys bring in your incredible background the jewish culture the jewish religion it seems that it would make sense that because bluegrass already has a, a, a pretty mixed influence that that's feeding into it, um, that that it, it is a genre that just welcomes in uh, your band is to say, yes, continue to explore this incredible genre, which already has all these different hands in the pot already making this beautiful music. Uh, um, and I think, yeah. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. No, I just, you're touching on, maybe the thing that makes this work is that, you know, someone hears Jewish bluegrass, all right, that sounds like a shtick, or that sounds like it won't wear well to, you know, to most people, but bluegrass, and you've already said this, that it, it's had its hands in so many um, different sections of the universe uh, in, in terms of its influences that it actually, 
it's never belonged to one person and or to one group of people or to one ethnic group of people and it's kind of american music and this is kind of indicative of the whole country as a whole has formed out of such dark pain and of of groups clashing and mixing but still manages to be one of the most beautiful places and cultural you know uh, amalgamations on on earth that that is that is what makes us us and what makes us a beautiful country that i still believe in um and the music of it you know the the uh the african-american the slave music was completely different than the scots irish vocal and fiddle traditions that were come came over from europe so but but together they formed something completely new and beautiful um so the fact that like you like what you alluded to that this never belonged to a certain per, per, uh, person or group of people i think it is welcoming and just like the promise of this country in general to all different groups of people who want to share in this really f- like foundational roots music that that is that people respond to like rabbi you were saying that the kids at camp you know respond to the sound of the banjo and there's just something primal that mm. people get and they feel like you know all the pretensions of like rock and roll or you know of of hip-hop or you know which are all great genres you know uh, even even but they're modernized to have 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 boundaries and have form and a certain sound and electric instruments and computerized things but there's something about like a banjo that just everyone goes oh yeah i remember that that just reminds me of like looking at a tree it's true you know it's it's universal um and there's something profound in a different in a different headspace i mean it almost you know hearing hearing the 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 music the words you know the banjo i mean it, it it almost transports you to a different time and place yeah i totally agree with that too there's a nostalgia aspect to i think all roots music that is um it to me it's it's like the sound of human beings doing their best to like be a part of this world that eventually we we realize that we're all just visitors in but we're trying to like bond with the natural forces of you know sing to the heavens and you know to be able to play music that feels like the earth and to feel connected to something larger than ourselves and i and all roots music throughout all the ages has has been like wood and strings you know wood and wire and um and air and you know these kind of primal elements to to the earth so I think Rabbi, we, we talked about this yesterday um, when we were on uh, the phone call or a couple of days ago with Donnie and Eric, but, but wasn't there a, a invitation um, from one of your daughters uh, for, for a little bit of a, of a, um, a sharing of, of the music? Is, is that yeah, still a possibility? You know, so, and, and for the answer, I, lo- I, I love how you bring that up because I think it's, you know, we've been talking about, about uh, you know, bluegrass and Jewish influences and Jewish culture. Um, and I think I think for our listeners, um, you know, it's 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 one thing to to hear the theory behind it, and another to be able to actually experience it. So, you know, um, you know, Nefesh Mountain, Eric, Donnie, if you guys are, are are willing, and I think I think it, it it also in a time of our world that is overly pressurized, that is feeling confined and feeling down, which I could only imagine what it must be like in the Northeast where you guys are in New York. Uh, I, I, I think, I don't know, I mean, I'll speak for me. I, I think I can speak for Father Anderson. I think we're in, we're in need of a little uplifting. So would you mind? No, of course not. Um, I even have my banjo right here in my arms. Uh, I will say, though, that we're at the mercy of Zoom, uh, being that we're remote and um, we're on a phone here. So the, the, um, the audio will not be ideal for bringing the joy that we're hoping to bring. Um, but we can do our best. Well, maybe we'll play a snippet of this tune. Awesome. See? Okay. Uh, so this one you alluded to before, Rabbi, and it's called I Want to Hear Somebody Pray. And it's a song that um, that we found from the vast catalog of Alan Lomax, who was a, an ethnomusicologist, uh, you know, kind of almost single-handedly with his father, gave birth to modern folk music in a way and um and it's a song that came from the caribbean it was a a field recording he made out in the caribbean of a group of people singing this amazing song very simple song and uh 
and it's a song that we play a lot because it's completely universal. It's not, um, and I, I, it's perfect for this, this show with you guys and what you guys do is so cool. So amazing because we're all just trying to make a go of it, as you know, and with our different faiths and different beliefs and backgrounds. Um, but this song is void of that. Doesn't, doesn't mention one specific God. Um, it just says, I want to hear somebody pray. I want to be close to my neighbor and feel their truth. And, uh, of course, in these COVID times, we, we feel that sentiment strongly. Here's a little bit of it. Fantastic. You know, and so um, I know we're, we're, we're near the end of the show here and our producer Evan is about to unplug our Zoom account here. But um, let, me, let, let me, this, do, do you ever have the opportunity to be able to go into uh, um, openly uh, Christian venues to do this? What, 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 that's the wrong description. Like a church setting or even a Christian community that's invited you in because that music obviously it, it will just go above and beyond all kind of religious boundaries that we put up. Have you been able to be invited into any kind of Christian community to, to perform? We, we haven't. Um, no, not yet. We would, we would be open to all of it. We have done a, a number of interfaith concerts. So yes, we have been to, we have been invited. Yeah. 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 We actually, choirs. yeah, yeah. We've, we've, we've collaborated with like gospel choirs and we have done concerts in churches actually. Yeah. Now that I'm thinking about it, but um, it is it is intended for for everybody, and and it hope and yeah, we I, we were we did a we did a special concert and that we brought to Pittsburgh after the um, the horrific tragedy that happened to the Tree of Life community. We brought a show there and collect and and joined the Pittsburgh um, Gospel Choir. It was like a, a group of gospel singers from all different churches all over Pittsburgh, and we they actually sang with us some Hebrew and it was really powerful so well maybe uh, you know Rabbi Durbin and I uh, will get an underwriter and we can have you all come out to Stewart and we'll do a joint effort between St. Mary's Episcopal Church and Temple of and, and that we'll, we'll, we'll have uh, an Efesh Mountain um, celebration that'd be pretty that, cool that would be so cool that would be very cool we would love that um, so for, for, for folks you know, I know we're near the end here. How can they find out more about you guys? I mean, most people do know a lot about you guys. You guys are a pretty big deal. Um, but uh, for those who do not, where can they go to, to, to hear and know more about you guys? You can go to our website, nefeshmountain.com. Um, uh, we're very active right now on Facebook. And um, it's just, you know, Facebook slash Nefesh Mountain. You know, if you, if you join our page on Facebook, you can join our concerts that are happening weekly. And, um, I'll just add, you can, you can find all of our music on our website. You can buy it from there and, and Amazon and iTunes and Apple Music, Spotify, all the usual things people listen to music on. Um, but we do record all our music in Nashville. We have two records out and a third on the way. And, um, and I just would add real quick that our, our, my Bluegrass Heroes, Donnie's Bluegrass Heroes, have signed on to make this music with us in the studio. And if, you're, if you are a Bluegrass fan and you like folks like Sam Bush or Jerry Douglas or David Greer or Brian Sutton. I mean, these are guys who have totally influenced me over the years. This was a question from about a half hour ago about where we draw bluegrass influences from. And these guys are actually on these recordings with us, which I'm, they've become friends and like uncles to me. And, uh, and it's, it's just a beautiful thing that we've, I feel grateful for it. Awesome. What a 
pleasure to have you all on here. Rabbi, you're, you, 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 got, you, got, you got some good guests today, my man. Yeah, yeah. We might, we might have to change the show to a, to a rabbi and a priest. <laughs> we'll bring it up with Evan, the producer. It, 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 that's, that's his call. See how he just deflected that? I, I like that. I like that. Well, Rabbi, Rabbi, you're a dear friend to us. We we really are grateful for you, and you know you're uh, you're important to us, and we and we really we love you and your family. We love you too. Thank you both so, for having us.